we're on. Today is a different day. It's another Thursday. I love making these videos because it is, it's, it's my favorite times. My favorite place to be is right here, right now on Thursday doing this. So what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm drinking only water these days, but I put it in a coffee mug and it makes me feel better about the, the water. Is, is yeah. So I guess this is getting into what our whole topic. Do we need to have the topic even right now of, you know, you got you to tell everybody when you're fasting, right? And what you're fasting for. So Right. Or we shouldn't tell anybody, but we're letting our very meager viewership know what we're up to, right? Exactly. Hey, <laughs> which is the perfect segue into what today's topic is. About a couple of weeks back, we did Lent. Um, and now is, I think, the best time to talk about, really, what should fasting look like in the church? How do we use it? Because for some of us, the only time we ever actually think about fasting is when Lent comes up because there's pressure to give something up, right? But for the most part, as Baptists, how much were you challenged to ever fast? I grew up a uh, pastor's kid and I was never challenged to fast in my entire life. And my mom thought I was weird when I started trying to fast on my own because it had no part in our tradition. And, uh, and maybe that's just my church. Again, you know, every church is a little different, but uh, to our shame, it was never on the radar. Yeah, How about you? I would say probably similar in the mission field, maybe a couple, you know, you'll, you'll see and hear more of that. But I guess as, you know, and maybe this is just us, right? But I feel like as Baptists, we're all about adding more food into everything that we do. Like there's never really, I mean, COVID has been a weird thing because Baptists are going to have to figure out what do we do and how do we, because we, we, meeting and food goes together. Spiritual things and food always, for Baptists, it's like a, it's an unwritten rule, right? And so, yeah, I mean, for most part, it's like, you don't give up food, you bring the potluck, you, you bring a casserole right. Uh, right. when you're doing something super spiritual. Um, so yeah, so this is the perfect thing to talk about today for, because our people, if we're watching are Baptists, but anybody else, kind of where we kind of come down on fasting. So you want to start us off today and... Yeah, let's pray, and then we'll just kind of jump in and do it. All right. Uh, join with me, if you will, in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So... Okay, let's, let's just kick this off, right? So we've talked about fasting, and, and here's where I've come to, because I, I preached through Daniel last year, uh, and I know we're going to touch on Daniel fasting. You're actually preaching through Daniel right now at your church, um, and I think the, the preaching through Daniel made me realize the importance of fasting um, in, in my own life. And I think the importance of teaching that for the church body. Right. Uh, and, and I think Daniel also kind of helped me to understand, um, that there are different ways to do this, but each, but they're helpful, whichever way you take in terms of fasting. So in terms of where I'm at now, I think fasting is something I want to incorporate more of into my own personal life. Uh, but also for the church at large to build that into what we do when it comes to decisions, when it comes to uh, something that's come up. What are you thinking? Yeah, I think, you know, and I'll, and I'll say this, I, the convention, I think, has changed. I think fan, fasting has become more of the Baptist conversation. Uh, we've had our um, president of the SBC ask the church to join him, you know, 
across the nation to fast at, at different times. And I, I think that that is a, a good thing because uh, anybody that reads the Bible knows it's part of the deal. Uh, and so it's something that if, if we've neglected in our tradition, you know, we need to, to bring it back because it's biblical. It's not something that is a works-based thing trying to earn salvation of any kind. It is a biblical practice and it does a few different things, which we can jump into. But yeah, I'd like to see um, it become more real. And, and what I've noticed over the years is that a lot of our church goers are fasting. They just don't tell you about it but they've developed their own private practice of fasting from time to time based on reading the Bible. And, you know, that is a, a good thing that we find from scripture that it is uh, impacting our, our membership, even if we haven't made it front and center. So, okay, let's ask this question. Cause I think that the, the first question that I think comes to mind for most people, when you think about fasting is why, why on earth fast? Like what does fasting do for me? that I can do with food, right? So what are your, where do you kind of come down on that, uh, Andrew, about when people would ask you, why fast? What does fasting offer me that I, that I can't do when I'm eating and enjoying the things that I enjoy? Yeah, and that, it's a good question because I've thought about it too. You know, it, it, in some sense, I, I feel as though you look at some of the Old Testament passages and it was almost a, uh, it could be seen as a pity party to get God's attention. Like, um, God doesn't hear me, so if I uh, make myself miserable, if I really uh, don't eat and, and kind of uh, throw really what I would consider, if my kid did it, I'd say it's a tantrum. You know, I'm going to hold my breath until you, you, you give me what I want. Uh, and that is, that's not a mature biblical view of fasting, but I, I kind of approached it that way. I think maybe growing up as, you know, it'd be better just to live holy and then talk to God because that's what he wants. But I think that fasting really is a, uh, a way of centering your mind fully on God and getting deep into that prayer. And you do it by saying, okay, I'm going to uh, use my natural body's desires uh, to push me to pray. And so by fasting, what I can do is set myself up to, when I feel hunger, I turn that to a prayer reminder. And it's a way of um, mortifying the flesh. It's a way of saying, hey, uh, body, you're secondary here. I'm, I'm pursuing a spiritual thing going on. And so it, it, there's something mystical there. There's something very practical there. But it should not be viewed as somehow this is a way of manipulating God or getting my way. And I, I think that that might be an immature way that people do view it. You know, I, I feel like more and more what I've discovered with fasting is um, I went from my view of fasting of like, I have to give something up. It's really got to hurt for me to really have this experience. And I think that that is wrong, right? It's not about how much can I make it hurt? Really, it's about focus. Um, that like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I build it into my day that I am truly going to focus on these things, right? And so I, I, get, I went from like fasting for the purpose of, oh, I really hate this, and I just got to make it through the day. I'm giving up these things for you, God, to where like, instead of, you know, I don't know if you have this. I know I have it all the time. Hey, pastor, will you pray for me? Oh man, here, I'll pray for you. Or I'm praying for you, brother. And then you've never actually do it because the day happens, you're done, it's finished, right? And I feel like fasting, what it, has, what it does is, um, is it helps you to set aside and recognize that like, no, you're going to be praying and you're going to spend your day 
with an express purpose of, of, of prayer, right? So you're not going to let the day go by and not be aware uh, that you should be praying for these things. And so uh, that's why I think that depending on how you do it and the way that you get into it, um, when those hunger pains come up or those cravings come, even though you, maybe you're not hungry at all, um, there are things to say, hold on, wait a second, that's a reminder that I should be praying for something. Now, you might say, well, you know, my phone that just went off uh, while we were talking because I didn't put it on silent. Um, and uh, you might say that, uh, but why can't I just set reminders, right? Well, I mean, the reminders, okay, that's, that's good. I think reminders to pray, I think it's, it's important, right, to say, you know, and I, I know people that we've done this before too. Let's challenge people to pray at this time, at this, you know. But I think that the fasting is another piece of like ongoing constantly it's because it's on your mind right Um, and so that's kind of where i've landed too on this is it keeps prayer and the focus of the things i'm looking for front and center for me yeah i mean i i agree with that and again i'm not sure that we're given the exact uh reason why fasting works versus just uh praying all the time praying without ceasing what 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 does fasting do Uh, i kind of view it as, as prayers kind of a um little energizer it, it, it gives wings to our prayers it, it seems to make it effective it, it is always tied to prayer usually when you see it in scripture so something is happening when we fast and i would say there is a don't discount the reality of just telling your body that um we're going to be spiritual right now and we're not going to partake in physical pleasure right now. And so, you know, that goes to the extent of what types of things you can fast and all that, but it is a way of, of kind of communicating to your own body that we're going to be totally focused on our spiritual side right now. Not that the body doesn't matter. Again, when we go to heaven, we're going to have new glorified bodies. It says Um, Christianity is not a Gnostic thing where it's all spiritual and the body is evil, but there is a time to say, okay, I really want to eat that. And I'm not going to eat that because I have decided that today I'm disrupting what is my normal practice. I'm disrupting my normal desires. And instead of uh, doing what I normally do, it's a special day that I'm going to dedicate to prayer and seeking God's will. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think that's more, more needed. And I think there's something that happens when you do it, that's different from everything else. And I think that's just as important to think about is there's something about taking God has designed us for such a way that that it is it does something to you it there is some aspect where it's it's good and look and there's another piece of there are health benefits to that but I don't think I, I, maybe that's just something that God has added as a side benefit right to really seek him there's 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 a benefit to that whatnot but um, it is I mean it's it's as old as Going from the Old Testament into the New, of God is God's people have always sought Him uh, and wanted to set aside time specifically for prayer, and it's always coupled with prayer. It's 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 always it's never for the sake of like um, you know we're just going to do this for because we need a good kickoff to the week, and uh, it, it's coupled with I'm setting aside so I can focus on God. I'm going to seek Him. So. Um, let's, let's shift unless you want to, you need to say anything. else. Yeah, I got one more, one more thought. It may, may work a shift, but, um, also, especially in the old Testament, you see fasting is paired with repentance. And, you know, so sometimes if we don't feel like we're in a deep, terrible sin, we're looking at fasting as a focuser, but sometimes it's also a, a way of, um, of symbolizing repentance. And I'm, I'm thinking of Jonah, 
uh, don't let any of the animals eat, nobody eat, you know, they cover themselves in sackcloth and ashes. And yeah. uh, it's a grievous time of when you're hit with the weight of your sin. And it's just like, you can't eat almost, or I've so displeased the Lord that I need to do everything I can to, to, to get his attention and show him my uh, repentant heart. Um, it, 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 you know, Esther, we have um, the call to fast and pray for her sake uh, to thwart off uh, a dangerous situation. That one's less repentance, but um, I think some of that's, I, th- I think maybe a, maybe a, a, a larger umbrella term for that would be mourning. Um, because within the, the umbrella of mourning, I have a, a repentance, but also uh, I'm grieved over my sin. But there's also, you see people fasting as a, just a typical sign of mourning, right? Like, like something terrible has happened and I'm, I'm burdened. And so I fast as well. So I think, I yeah. think maybe it's a larger kind of umbrella, but yeah, absolutely. You see that the reasons people do that is for even that as well, not just simply seeking the Lord for, a, you know, for more wisdom. Um, but because typically actually in the old Testament, when you're seeking God's, you know, hand, uh, you know, back in the old days, you just go to the priest and they would give you, they'd use the, um, the Urim and the Thummim and they would, you know, give you whatever that looked like, right. Um, of how that would be, uh, giving God's, you know, direction for you. Um, but you know, yeah. So I think repentance mourning, uh, but there is a piece of, yeah, I, I need to focus and we need to, we need to do this. So I, you're absolutely right though. There's, there's more pieces to it of why one might fast besides, just I'm getting God's will and direction for me. Yeah. Yeah. And um, again, a lot of it, it is, there is that aspect. I want to get God's attention here and I want him to know that I'm mourning perhaps over my sin. I'm mourning over the reality that um, I'm in a situation and there's a, usually an urgency there too of uh, you know, and, and this will be a good pivot point too, because there, there's a length of fast. How long should it yeah. be done? And, and all of that. And, uh, and a lot of the times when I was looking at stories where, where it, we do see fasting, there seems to be regular fasting at times. And then there seems to be, this is uh, stop everything. We've got to fast. We got to get God's attention and, and ask him to intervene in some way. Yeah. I, when I'm looking at old Testament examples, it seems to be more reactive, right. Or responsive. So something has taken place. We must, we must fast and seek the Lord or something is coming and we need to be ready and let's fast. Uh, at least kind of the way that, that I see is that you see more of like, right? Like in the New Testament is where you do seem to have kind of more of a standardized, this is what we do. I mean, where's the exchange where they talk to Jesus and they say, your disciples don't fast, implying that there's like regular good practice of strong believers at that time would be that you would build into your weeks fasting. Whereas kind of the old Testament is this has happened. Let's make sure we seek God, um, you know, for, for these events, these that have taken place. Right. And, and so, yeah. So if we want to just jump into, you know, practice of fasting, uh, we do have several passages, old Testament, we've even mentioned that again, it's a reaction. It's like, okay, we've got to either get our own attention or God's attention or quickly align ourselves to his will and what's coming. Uh, in the New Testament, yeah, you have uh, John's, it's Mark 2, uh, that John's disciples are fasting and why aren't Jesus is? And he says, they're with the bridegroom. They can't fast when he's there, but the day will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them and they will fast on that day. And I think that might tie into that morning idea again, too. You know, it, it's a great time of celebration. We're in the presence of our Lord. It's not 
time to fast. You know, we've got God's yeah. presence with us, but we will have a day where we don't have his presence in our life. And on that day we will fast um, and, and seek him as we can, the best way we know prayer and fasting. Um, yeah. I mean, and so, so let's talk for just a second. Um, kind of what I think would be say is since we're going to talk about the practice of it before we get into like how you might do it, let's talk about, let's talk about, um, I guess, time frame, right? So in, if, if you see, you see two different types, right? So you see one that there's a type of fast that you build it into your calendar. It's set. This is regular practice. And you see others that is either responsive or reactive. Um, and so what do we see as kind of a general time frame, right? So we all know, as we've been talking, is Lent, you know, there's your 40 days uh, of fasting. We know about that. But what do, we, what do you typically see in the Bible um, in terms of length of fasting? Because I actually think length has a lot is it super important too uh, in your fasting? Because it helps you get that stopping point. It helps you recognize this as a temporary setting aside so things don't get murky uh, as you try to cut that fast off. Yeah, and I, I've got a few verses um, from the New Testament. We, you know, we've got the, the great 40-day uh, fast of, of Christ. I think that that is emblematic of the Elijah fast as well, that, that this is kind of the great prophetic fast. This is not the norm, the 40-day deal. In fact, Jesus without food or water, you know, most uh, people cannot survive that uh, unless they're on some sort of special supplement and given fluids intravenously or something. Yeah, um, we can't do that without God's help. And so that, that's not something that we're supposed to follow necessarily. It's, it's showing Christ as the greater than Elijah in my mind. And of course, Elijah survives that I think on angel uh, food that he's given. Um, <clears throat> we have uh, Anna, she is serving in the temple. She's 84, and she doesn't leave the ground serving night and day with fasts and prayers. So that seems to be a regular part of her life. Um, we have that passage in Matthew about the uh, rich man, and uh, sorry, the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the Pharisee's prayer is, I fast two days every week. And Jesus is using that as an opportunity to say, you have this guy who thinks he's very special and holy in his own mind, but he is hypocritical, you know, and God's hearing the prayer of the uh, repentant tax collector over this guy. And mm -hmm. I thought that was an interesting verse just because, again, we know the Pharisaic practice then often was fasting. I think it was Monday and Wednesday. Uh, the early Christian church uh, moved fasting early on to Wednesday and Friday as days of fasting or abstinence as a regular part of um, their lifestyle. And of course, Friday was always special because that was the day Christ died. And so that was a day for abstinence throughout church history to remember the sacrifice of Christ. Um, so then we have these, uh, more reactionary ones. Okay. Acts, they were serving the Lord and fasting and the Holy Spirit said, set apart Paul and Barnabas for me, uh, which I have called them. And so they had prayed and fasted. They laid their hands on it and sent them out. So we're looking for God's will in maybe missionary work. And it seems like the church is praying and fasting about this and the Holy Spirit leads them to see Paul and Barnabas. Uh, we then have uh, times in Acts 14 when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they entrusted them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so early church uh, setting up leadership, such an important decision that they prayed and fasted over that decision. We know Christ stayed up all night praying over the decision of the apostles. I guess uh, I would expect that he's probably fasting as well, but it's not highlighted there. So it, it seems again in the New Testament, most of the fasts are shorter, um, again, focused on trying to get the Lord's guidance on a specific situation. 
and uh, also regular, you know, so shorter and regular. And I think that that's something that we could mimic. So, you know, just a few things when you look at the Old Testament side, um, you know, you'll look and you'll see, I mean, um, let me give you a couple ones on this side. So, uh, for instance, there's one in, um, and this is not to say that these are biblical determinations for how long you must, they're just, they're just giving you uh, what, how people did. So like there's one in um, First Chronicles 10, after they come and they get the body of Saul, um, they fasted seven days. Now that's kind of one of those morning mm -hmm. ones, right? Um, you'll look and you'll see when Esther is fasting and she sets her fast, um, that's in Esther chapter uh, four, uh, you'll see it, that was a, a three-day fast is what they, they asked for the people to do. So there, was, there were three days where people were to, you know, night and day, uh, and that's what they were asked for. You know, you see the Jonah passage of people fasting in sackcloth and ashes. Um, so you see those kind of things. Um, you see Daniel do a three-week fast in Daniel chapter 10, right? Um, and, and I believe that, that 10 and 9 are together, that he's doing this uh, as his seeking the Lord, he's fasting, he's praying, he's, he's kind of looking at the situation of what's happened in Israel. He recognizes God is going to do something, but he's also burdened by what got Israel into this as he's been seeking the scripture. So it's interesting, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's reflecting on himself and on Israel um, and seeking God there. So there's different times, right? And then there's a lot of others kind of what you saw is they fasted. Well, we really don't know what that means, how long they did it or what that meant, but uh, it, it does appear that there's, there's not a lot of um, guidance necessarily on how long one must be. Uh, I will say this, just on a practical side, what I've gotten to is I believe that fasts need to have a definitive start and an end. Um, that uh, for the, for the, cause here's what happens in a fast when you don't have a start and end, because uh, I challenged uh, just out of experience, um, you know, like uh, I remember as in college, I do a fast and a full fast. Right. And you know, there was always, there's, I guess, I don't know about you, but it feels like sometimes there's kind of a guiltiness, when you finally break a fast, because if you're not careful, you begin to like, you kind of mix my giving up things to seek the Lord uh, as like a higher spiritualness that I'm attaining. And now that I give in, I'm losing that, right? And so when you would like, like in college, I tried to full fast and I would just be devastated. I couldn't do it. Um, but even more recently, I did a fast uh, and I asked some people to do it with me. Um, and you find yourself that if you didn't give a start to finish, once you get about week three, it begins to get murky of like, maybe God wants me to give these things up forever. And if I bring those back into my diet, like, am I, am I transgressing the command, right? You know, those are things like, and so I think it's important to say, like, this is a definitive start and end. This is the purpose. It's not a forever thing. Now, sure, if you've, you've given things up, you know, I'm talking about a partial fast, at least in this case. Yeah. Um, if I've given things up, um, I'm, I, I, it's okay to put them back in. Uh, it's, not, it's not necessarily that I keep those out of my diet forever. I've done it for a time. Um, so I think it, time frame is important to recognize I'm starting, I'm stopping. 
Yeah. And I, I think that that, again, going to the types of fasts. So um, having a definitive timeframes helpful because that also helps you get through it too. Because if you haven't done a lot of fasting, it's, it's tough. You know, when you first try, or if you haven't fasted in a while, your body says, what are you doing to me? And it's a little bit of a shock to the system. But after about two or three days, now I haven't gone that far on a full fast. Um, I haven't really made it that long, but I hear after about the third day, you lose hunger altogether. Um, but, you know, those are things that uh, it's helpful too for health, you know, not, not to go too far because you can actually do some damage uh, with the way that you can fast. Uh, but typically if you're a week or less, I think most people are going to be fine uh, with, with water. Uh, as far as abstinence goes, giving things up. A lot of people, that's, if they do do Lent, they're doing some sort of giving up of a type of food, right? Or giving up, if they can't do food, uh, something else. Uh, and then the full fast, uh, there's the dry fast, which is you give up food and water, and that should be really carefully observed. That can't go on too long without putting yourself in trouble. But you can go, I think, a day to three days without food or water. Um, and then you just have the giving up all food uh, fast. Um, and I haven't done a dry fast. I know that uh, for Ramadan, it's a dry fast during the day for Islam, right? During the day. Once sundown hits, it's a full-blown feast, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, and there's medical benefits to all these things that, that people have talked about. And I, I do want to make sure that we recognize it because here's the thing too. If you're always looking at weight loss as a plan, you can mix your intention and your motivation for a fast. You know, uh, I'm going to fast this and, and my goal might be to know Jesus better, but really if I could lose five pounds, you know, that would be fantastic. And, and those aren't exclusive goals, right? So you could kind of have this attitude that's uh, a little mixed in your approach. I think again, a Christian fast is a spiritual fast that we're trying to seek the Lord and, uh, and setting True. a time also, you know, yeah, it you can know, get murky. It can get murky too, especially if you are in, you are looking for a diet, right? Uh, you know, I, I know I should give these things up and it's helpful. So, but then it becomes, yeah, you just want to make sure that you're not dieting and fasting second, you're fasting first and dieting second in terms of priority. Um, so biblically though, types of fasts, um, we see a couple, right? We so. um, you know, in my mind, I feel like Daniel is really a good place to see this. Um, Daniel really gives you, um, in my opinion, there's really only one major kind of partial fast that you see in Daniel, right? And that's the chapter 10, as he's discussing, uh, he talks about how um, in that he says that I had been fasting and... Um, where is the words that he uses there? He says, uh, I didn't eat any rich food. No meat or wine entered my mouth. I didn't put oil on my body until three weeks were over. And so the idea was luxury, right? He was going to take, uh, and rich food was like pastry, sweets, things that would have been afforded to him as a high official that he was. Um, and so, yeah, that like for the time, I'm going to seek the Lord with just the basics. I'm going to do, you know, water and vegetables. Um, and uh, and I'm, that, that's the primary thing. I'm not going to even go sweets. Everything, I'm going to take it out. And that's a fast, right? He's not giving up everything. He's not doing right. a full, but he's doing pretty much, you know, pretty much the basics. Uh, and that, and especially if you're somebody like him who probably would have had a, anything and everything he could have imagined. He had wealth. He had all of that, that he could have had anything he wanted. He said, I'm stripping it all down. And so at least you do two see, you see two types, right? One is food 
And one is, you know, all food for a time, or some of it is I'm taking luxury out of my life, pieces out of it for a time. Um, anything you could see or add into that? Yeah, no, and I, I think that fits in well too, because some people, because of their health, you know, they can't necessarily give up uh, food, but notice that this extended beyond, you know, using um, oil on his body, you know, or nice soap or luxury items. And I think that that's where uh, it, it also helps us that there is a sense of fasting beyond food. Uh, we also have the Corinthian passage where uh, husbands and wives may choose to not be intimate for a time, but yeah. Paul says, make sure that you get back together because you don't want to put yourself at a risk where you, you might be tempted by another, you know, so um, he doesn't explain it in that sense, but I think in the context, that's what he's referring to that. Um, again, it's that a that real focus too <laughs> of why you would abstain is there is a focus that it is for a spiritual purpose and you quickly come back together. Uh, so that you aren't exactly, you aren't drawn away. And I, I think that fits in again with the setting a time on the front end so that it doesn't become this. Um, yeah. You, you don't fall into pride. Yeah. Cause that can certainly happen. Like, Oh, look how spiritual I am, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you don't, um, you don't fall into a situation where you, you end up having a sense of guilt when you, you come out, like you were saying. And uh, again, we're, when you do these things, you do reveal to yourself how much, sinful nature is still in place, right? I mean, because you realize I'm fasting, trying to know God better. And all I think about is how cool I am because I've made it longer than I did before. Or uh, I want to tell people about this, which I think might lay into the attitude of fasting um, with uh, Christ's instructions on, on how we do it, not like the Pharisees. But um, we'll, we'll speak to that then for a second, because <laughs> I know our time's limited on this, but I think there is that wrestling piece, right? Of, I guess some people even struggle with, okay, well, should I invite people to do it with me? Uh, can there be a corporate fasting and can we seek, you know, but I don't, because at the same time you get nervous, like I don't want to be like what Jesus is saying. So how do you explain Jesus's words when he talks about how we should fast and how we should do it? Yeah, so let me just read it. It's Matthew 6, 16. Uh, now, whenever you fast, do not make a gloomy face as the hypocrites do, for they distort their faces so that you will be noticed. Sorry, they will be noticed by people when they are fasting. Truly, I say to you, they have their full reward. Uh, but as for you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, so, Again, uh, we're not making a show of this. We're not trying to make this a pointer to show how spiritual I am. And, um, you know, I, I've even had guilt talking about this show and, and other things about Lent when I'm telling the church my plans, because normally I would want to keep this a little more uh, personal, intimate between me and God. But I, I think some of that also depends on the type of fast. So the Pharisees obviously had a tradition of fasting. And we get that from that Pharisee <clears throat> tax collector prayer of, I do it every week for two days a week. And you can imagine that, hey, it's my fasting day and I, I look just so terrible so everybody will think I'm holy. Um, I think that the, the, the distinction there might be if you do a fast with people, that you don't necessarily have to let it go beyond your group and not make a big deal to bring you attention, but rather you, you all kind of agree that we're going to do this together and you just you do it. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the key here is trying to get uh, accolades from people in, in place of God. And I think that that's a, uh, a big warning because it is something that was a temptation back then. Um, but I also wonder, you know, how do we know Jesus fasted 40 days? He probably told somebody. Yeah. 
because nobody was with him. So it's, it's probably okay to share some of this. The key is you got to investigate your heart. So here, here's part of that too, just to clarify. When Daniel says, I didn't put oil on me, and Jesus says, make sure you put oil on you, I think there's a distinction of what's going on. Daniel is giving something up. I don't think Daniel's spending his time saying, oh, you know, guys, you know, hold on. Please leave me alone for another couple weeks while I fast. I think, I think you're right. Jesus is hitting at the heart of this is like, what are you doing? What are your intentions, right? But I mean, you do see, as you brought up those, those things in the book of Acts, right? It talks about, it says things like this. And after they had fasted, so obviously, um, and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So obviously there's a place for the church body to say, we're in this together. Will you join me in fasting? Not for the sake of saying, hey, guess what I did this week, you know, but the sake of like, we're in this together. And you see that in the Old Testament as well, that while, while fasting should be private between you and the Lord, and maybe there's a time for that, there is a corporate piece of fasting and it's not for trumpeting your awesomeness, uh, but it's for, you know, for the sake of getting people uh, to get on the same page with you. And so that we can seek the Lord in unison. Yeah. And again, we got a big decision in a church. It, it seemed to be commonplace that fasting corporately was, was something there, you know, so uh, from a church level, are you talking about building property or uh, taking out a loan or having a big campaign was there fasting involved? You know, should we have an annual fast when we do our, our business meeting to decide the course of the year? Uh, you know, there, there are probably times that we should fast more often than we do. Um, that could be a requirement for Baptist business meetings is you must have fasted a day before if you're going to attend. Um, that might solve a lot of problems too. Yeah, a, future, lot, a, lot right? of, a lot less people would come, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it, it's true. You know, the idea is we're trying to get into a spiritual posture, right? And, and this does it for us. It helps us. And so um, the other thing that I, I would like to challenge people is that I hear a lot of people who say, I can't fast because. And I think that, again, we're not saying that you should do anything that your doctor has told you not to do. But there are, there are seeing a lot of uh, medical benefits to intermittent fasting and, and trying to do some things to uh, go without food for periods of time. And I would uh, encourage people to investigate that. Don't just believe you can't fast, but, you know, uh, if you've got some sort of condition, you know, maybe you shouldn't, but there's alternatives. Yeah, but there's I, always something. I mean, you think about even Daniels, right? Like I'm going to, I'm not going to use luxury. So you might want to think about, okay, what are those things that you know you need right. or you want often, right? I got to right. have it all the time. Um, what could that be that maybe you could pull out for three or four days? Right. I would yeah. love to do this for work. Like just reach me at my computer or whatnot. Um, and there is some aspect, like sometimes some of us are tied to this for work. And yet mm -hmm. also what happens when I get home is, you know, looking yeah. at that, I'm not doing work. I've just given me the illusion. Right. That I have. Yeah. Delete all your social media apps for, you know, uh, a month that, that would wreck a lot of people today. And it would show you how, you know, tied to this device we are. And, and yeah. Was, um, giving up television. Uh, there's just so many things that you could give up. But again, the goal is not just to give them up. It's to make space for God, you know, and, and that's the important piece that we can't forget. And what I think might happen is you do give up some of those things that maybe are destructive that you didn't realize were destructive. You might make some permanent changes as a result yeah. of the past. You but, might actually uh, make some real dietary changes. If you, if you attempted to give up sweets for, the, for, attempt, for a time, and then eventually you're like, okay, well, maybe I am, right? Maybe I am. But I do think you should say, 
once you, if you add them back in, God's not ashamed of you, right? right. He's right. not saying, how dare you? I thought we could do this forever, right? Um, we've done it to focus. And it might be that once you've done something eventually, and it's easy to give it up, it might be something else you're going to have to give up different to, to, to shock your body to kind of focus on God better. So if you did Cokes one time, uh, right, then, then, you know, and your body kind of doesn't need Coke anymore because you're drinking tea instead, right, or coffee, uh, you might have to think of something different, of something that would give the same effect, that initial shock that you had when you were so used to shock, you know, sending back, you know, I drink this full of Coke Zero, right? Those kind of things. So, nice. um, you know, when you're not drinking this anymore, what do you switch to? Um, mm -hmm. And what would, what would make your body still say, oh, I need that. So I think it's good. I think, you know, there's going to be days coming up for my church that I'm going to ask them to focus on and fast on certain things. Uh, but I think also, you know, if you're not somebody who does Lent, I do think there's a regular practice, right? Well, you should be looking and saying in my own life, are there things, maybe for you, it's your marriage. You need to seek the Lord and fast something on. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's job stuff. Maybe it's just wisdom. Maybe there's something you just need to get right in your own life. And it's going to mean doing that. And it, I think it's okay to ask somebody to do it with you, yeah. to, you know, for accountability. Um, but I, I think it's, we need to bring that back. I think we need to start, start having fasting be a normal way that we try to um, seek the Lord. So that's kind of where I'm landing, man. I think it's, it's been a good discussion for sure. Yeah. And I, again, it's, if it's not in your practice, I think, you know, consider adding it to your practice. Uh, it is nice when the church does it together because we can say, okay, you know, I, I, it's my first time. So at least I'm not doing it alone and it, it is helpful. I would say as we're moving into Lent and we get closer to April, you know, consider especially Holy Week, the week before uh, Easter. That's usually a good time that the church has uh, done something in order to uh, focus your mind, you know, on the crucifixion and what Christ did for your sin and mine. And I think that that's a great opportunity to uh, maybe give something up if you didn't do all of Lent. And, and we know from the early church records that some people were just doing the week before, a couple of days before Easter, it eventually turned into this uh, larger 40 day thing uh, in memory of Christ's 40 days in the wilderness. But it doesn't have to be that, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be anything because we're, we're in grace. So that's the other yeah. key is if you don't fast and, you know, we're not trying to merit God's favor. We just see that this is a way that the church sought the, the Lord and, and yeah. it's worthwhile. So. Good, good way to end it, man. I appreciate you bringing, bringing some of that New Testament side perspective for sure as well. I, uh, I like this. I think it's been helpful. I think, you know, for those, especially, like I said, my people, maybe if you're not a Lent guy, um, but you should be, I think every one of us should be a fasting person, that we should have that in there. And it's a normal thing that if we're going to seek God, let's, let's incorporate something in there and try it out. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week. Um, you know, yeah. but maybe it. it's a meal, you know, initially. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. You want to close this out with a blessing? Let's do it, man. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his favor upon you and give you peace. Um, all right, man. I'm glad we were doing this. I'll talk to you a little bit later, guys. Thank you for watching. Take, Take care, care, everybody.